It's a daily talk show, episode 460. And we're in the um, the depths of Channel 10 in Sydney. The dungeon? Scott Tweedy, welcome to the show. Great to be on the show, boys. I, I love keeping up to date. I, to be honest, I don't listen to your full podcast. I do the snippets on Instagram. Oh, great. Because I'm part of that generation where you're running around, always on the fly. But talk about commitment and you guys killing it. And I love the stats as well, because the last month, You've yeah. honestly been on fire. And yeah. it's all that hard work where you've just been grinding away is now coming to life. A couple of narcissists that realise when you're posting your stats of success yeah. and people respond, it's yeah. um, it's a great strategy. <laughs> Welcome to, to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm awesome. Look at me. But tell us, where uh, where are we right now? What is, what is this room? Okay, so I've actually... The boys came to reception at Channel 10 and our Channel 10 building is kind of like your local shopping mall where right in the middle is our news desk. Um, that's where they film mm. Studio 10, the news. They also do The Loop, which is a huge show. Everyone loves that show. And <laughs> uh, show on 10. <laughs> but around that... It's like a big hollow open space and all the offices are around there for like levels three, four, five and six. But we've gone down to level two mm. and we've gone about 100 metres uh, west to where all the green rooms are and there's about a block of nine green rooms and this is the biggest one. This is where all like the punters come for shows like Celebrity Name Game, yeah. Family uh, Feud. Well, we fit. We yeah, are ready, 100%. Ready, steady cook and a couple of gronk punters here. <laughs> Welcome, boys. Well, Welcome a, home. There's a makeup mirror which uh, Mr. 97's currently sitting in. <laughs> he's not. He's just had his hair done. They talk about the loop. JT, I love Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's rocking it. I mean, congratulations, 400 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. you're about to to hit that's that's this saturday which is we, when we made it to episode 20 we were mm. like oh yeah because in tv it's um it's a bit of a milestone to make it past 100 then mm. 200 i've been doing it for eight years mm. now. is that uh, because the show could get canned or you just need to still have your job or what, what is all it? of the above okay. Um, okay basically stars have to align for it to get to 400 it, it really does and it's like you, we've built an audience now and it's not a huge audience but for a saturday morning slot we mm. are consistently like number one or two and that's taking on like seven and nine and ten, the mothership channels. So mm. we are like stoked with our little audience that we've found. And it took us quite a long time to figure out what was the right sort of formula for that. Um, and and we're a lean show. Like we are, there's five of us that make the whole show. How are you getting the feedback to work it out? Uh, I mean, are people... Numbers. Numbers. Ratings. Because so that's what brings revenue. So we just have to... Although feedback could be different on Facebook or Twitter, we have to listen to the revenue mm. driver, which is ratings. What is something that's actually you've realised that you needed to change? Older the better. The more retro it is, people, I think, because our average audience is a 44-year-old female. Yeah. Um, so they just love like a blast from the past when they're it's a Saturday morning mm. cleaning the house or they've just taken their kids to sport or doesn't matter what they're doing, flick on the telly and if they hear a song that reminds them of 20 years ago at like, oh. their 18th party, they're yeah. like, I love oh, nostalgia. You just, yeah. You just, why? Every day's R&B Friday. <laughs> it worked for Southern Cross's Stereo doing Fridays. The it does. Stuff. Yeah, but we love flashbacks. That's the thing. I mean, that old music. More than actual, like, present day. <laughs> like, it's going to be more exciting us looking back and saying, how good was it doing the podcast than it is right now? Yeah. <laughs> You're probably, it probably helps because you connect to that. Because, I mean, it's it's like the shit you were listening to when you were totally. young. Totally. Yeah. It works perfectly for us because we're like... But then we become very biased as well with like what we do play. So we have to listen to the audience on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram on like their requests. But mm. at the same, same time, the style, we just know, you know, 
metal to niche, hmm. which is unfortunate. So we go main, main, mainstream, rock and pop. And then also we play the new stuff in like the last hour of the show. Yeah. Well, I've followed your journey for quite some time. I remember looking at your show reels when I was trying to, uh, you know, have my crack at being a presenter. And now I'm here, guys. I'm in the green room. It's, in, uh, and I'm out. So, <laughs> so this is where we do the transition. But what I've loved about your journey is you actually create as well. You know, there's a bunch of TV personalities from years ago that just present. But there's so much more to it. And there's that creation element. Jules Lung kicked me up the ass and said, you need to start creating. What was it for you to actually start being a creator as well as a presenter? I think it was from day one. It was to get my first gig was mm. being a creator because I'd made a few lies up when I was working at uni and I was on the street team for Nova Radio to give me out the cans of Coke. And it was that whole, I, I realised I could get more hours at a casual rate filming the radio guys and going also more access to like famous people by filming them as well so you go to a festival and you're like you're like yeah cool we'll interview fat boy slim and then and then that's it and i'm like well what about all the rest of the artists mm. and they're like nah and i'm like well can i do it and they're like yeah and i'm like sweet so i'm like hi cut copy how are you like, <laughs> just had the worst microphone technique ever and like making mistakes so i had all these like years of experience doing rookie stuff and then i was like to a guy at Nova, I was like, he was on TV. I was like, how can I get on TV? And he goes, mate, if you're good enough, mm -hmm. you'll get on TV. He's like, make a show reel. And I'm like, but how do you make a show reel without being on a show? And he goes, fake it. Go out there with a camera and just film and film and film. And so I had my ex-girlfriend at the time, bless her, she was my camera woman. And we just do take after take. And then you go to more and more public spaces where you get more and more nervous, make all these mistakes, but make a slick show reel. And then it was like, bang. So from the mm -hmm. word go, I was creating, had this dream run at ABC where it was like life was on a platter with these great programming and shows. And then I came to 10 and you just realize you've got to put, if you want to do what you want to do, no one's going to do it for you. Mm. So I'm lucky that like I can pay the bills with what I do on TV, but I'm still right now like aggressively behind the scenes creating formats, shows, mm. working with production companies to sell to Channel 10 or whoever will buy it nowadays. Mm. And so I think I've spent 10 years on camera building up credibility, but at the same time, you just need to like, if, if I want to do like right now, if I sat in an office with an exec and they're like, what show at Channel 10 do you want to host? And I'm probably like, like, of course, any of them, but I'm like, really deep down, mm. none of them. Mm. And it's like a show that I want to do with a team I want to do it with. So yeah, it's so important nowadays. Yeah, which but it's I, bloody hard. It's yeah. just like, I, I've probably spent, if you consolidated the hours, like five to 10,000 hours just writing pitches, like pitch decks and like delivering the people. And they're like, yeah, cool, that's great. I'll talk to you in a month. Never hear mm. from them again. So you just got like rejection, 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 rejection. Mm. And I still haven't struck gold yet, but getting closer. But we're in the green room. <laughs> the, uh, it's not bad. the five people on a team you talk about that being lean within radio that's a decent sized team the, the contrast between producing radio content versus tv content what do you see as the the main differences i feel like we are we are very much like a radio show in that live and myself right and we come up with ideas for segments then we have one more producer to work with, to sort of bounce with. Then we have um, that same producer is an editor and then we have another editor as well that has input. So that's where you get four of us and then we have our executive producer that goes, you can't have money for this, you can have money for this. Mm. And when I say that, we can never have money. So it's like, we are as lean as it gets. We use the news crew from Studio 10 that flip around the cameras and replace the set to say the loop. Um, and they all work another two hours over time to get the loop in the can. 
Um, so yeah, we are similar to a radio show mm. in that all the ideas come from us. Um, and yeah, basically we have to keep watching other sources of content to go, that's funny, let's do something similar. Or why aren't we doing this? Can we do this? And nine times out of 10, it's a no, because we don't have money to do that. So you gotta find out a cheap way to do it. So. I heard you mention that with Prank Patrol, it was 80 grand per episode. Yeah, yeah. It's a so, lot of money. It's a lot of money for a kid show. Yeah. So that's like, that includes three days of production. Um, on the third day, the prank day, we probably had like 20 to 30 people on set, yeah, wow. which is huge. It had like an OB truck. Mm. Um, it was incredible. So that that was for me, was coming from money. Yeah, did that, so then, did that, that spoil like, you a little bit? Or like, I guess that's well, like not big money, like in the grand scheme of what's TV. out there so in no, the world. So normal TV shows are about like, about 200 to $300,000 an episode. Mm. Prime time, you get to the mill, two mil an episode. What's, uh, a, what's so, a show that's 200 to oh, 300 so, so grand? So they're like medium-sized shows. So like any of those ones from Pilot Week on Channel 10, like uh, Have You Been Paying Attention, mm. all those sorts of shows where it's either filmed in one studio where they can bash it out or it's like a, it's, you know, Bondi Rescue. That'd be like two to $300,000. Um, then you get the I'm a Celebrities, all the big shiny floors, Dancing with the Stars, yeah, where yeah. you get into the multiple million, mm. millions of dollars. Um, so yeah, it's I've I've come from what I thought was at the time for Prank Patrol. I was working with freelancers that worked on those bigger shows, and mm. they're like, "Oh, this sucks. We don't even get catering." You know, like yeah, they're yeah. whinging about how bad that was. Isn't it crazy? Like when we work with soundos, we're always blown away by when they've come from TV. The expectations of everything from parking to food to like we've had to really up our game mm. when we bring in multiple people. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. And so, well, mate, having a sound is a luxury. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Even when I do live crosses for Studio 10, it's just me and a camera guy. Yeah. And he, he's doing everything. So, you know, and once again, the pressure on them as well, their job's doubled. So they got to like listen, make sure it's not peeking out. Mm. And, and then also make sure their pictures are great. It's a, a nice white balance. Meanwhile, you've got a lunatic in front of the camera who's being unpredictable, <laughs> hitting a chimpanzee in the head with like a something. They've got to get that shot. And then, so yeah, it, like the pressure's gone up. But then I also think the looseness is also nice. I think mm. people like it when it's not as polished. Yeah. Um, and then another half of my world is is trying to make cool content just for Instagram to like mm. stay relevant and just have fun with yeah. people. Well, it's, it is branding for you. You know, your shows are for the network. Can you, are you actually allowed to rip the content somehow if you ask for it? Who's and asking? <laughs> I mean, I went to ask, I was on the project and I asked, um, can I have it? And they said, no. Well, that's the first rule. You never ask. Yeah. I stopped right after that. I mean, I was just, yeah. I, I thought I was being nice. No, I, I do the whole, you just do things and then, you know, wait for the slap on the wrist. Yeah, after. yeah. Like, so yeah. sorry about ask that. Ask for forgiveness. Yeah, I beg know. for forgiveness. Oh, there's heaps yeah. of people who have siphoned audiences from, like that was big, popular in the radio, like early days of social media with radio was, uh, radio announcers would just sign off their their personal account on the stations and mm. would just like end up building huge audiences. Yeah. Um, the pilot week, I'm curious about that. The the vibe around the studio when pilot week's on. What what is it like? So pilot week just firstly in America is a this it's crazy a, it's month. It's a big deal, mm, yeah. Where people are bringing their shows and uh, what what is it? They're shown or they're just actually yeah, shooting no, them? So they actually they film a, the first episode, so the, the pilot episode, and then they air it and they actually listen to the audience and they have like in, in some instances they have like they'll do a, a, a viewing at Vegas. 
and they have like a thousand people there and they literally all have these little buttons and when they like things they press it like yes we like that when they don't like it we don't like it so that's how also actors get cast wow as well so like every time you come on they're like dislike dislike you're not going to make it in the main series. Jeez. So that's like, that's one sort of style of the metric system of how they measure if mm. it's going to be a success or not. Then there's the whole other side with the executives and then like, you know, how marketable people are. Or, and there's so much to it. And there's a lot of politics to it as well. Because mm. it's like, if a production company is likable, mm. you've got pull. You know, yeah. You've got power there as well. So here at 10, it's really exciting because they are giving you know a lot of new shows a go they're still coming from those medium-sized production companies though like if you boys put in a cracking idea mm. i still say the chances are pretty low yeah um and myself as well like anyone if you're not aligned with one of those medium-sized production companies to large ones where they know with a lot of money you can execute a show and mm. make it good they're not going to risk that well so yeah who you know a foot in the door was did you have any of that or were you you came with zero contacts and when i started in yeah, patrol yeah mate, oh, it was cold call that was like they, they were advertising on triple j they're like <laughs> all right abc3 is launching we need heaps of hosts for heaps of shows i remember this i i i don't know if i actually went for it but i knew kane tramil who yeah who's now a good friend of mine so that yeah. was a competition and was it? It was like everyone yeah. entered. It, so was it was like it was, it was a national casting call across all ABC's channels, and but YouTube wasn't even around then. And Triple J, and they're like, "Yeah, casting call. We're looking for all these presenters." And at the time, I was at Nova, quite deep into my music interviews, and I was loving it. And I was like, "Channel V, MTV, they're they're, they're where I want to be. Mm-hmm. They are sick." And I was like, "Kids TV." I was like, "That's not cool." I was like, play school? I was like, today's colour is fucking yeah, red. Yeah. I probably can't swear on this. Sorry, <laughs> no, you guys. Can, yeah, you absolutely can. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of really hesitant, but then I had all this footage in the in the bank and then I can edit as well. And I knew all the other guys from the street team were putting in applications and I was watching their videos and I was like, I think I can do a better one. Yeah. So, like, within 24 hours, I quickly filmed just a few more pieces to tie it all together chopped it up it had to be two minutes or less and mine was 159 threw it in and it's pretty action-packed the show really like mm. i put a lot in there and then yeah it was like a week went by and it was like a call up quick um audition at cutting edge in brisbane i don't know if you're from brisbane but it's like a it's a post-production house mm-hmm. shitting myself when mm. i went in there like sweating because i was like what does this mean what am i gonna do and so i just sort of like blanked out everything it was like go in there be yourself be the guy that you are at Nova, and if you get a gig from it, great. If you don't, whatever. I'm not gonna like make myself more kids TV. Like, hey guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I kind of naturally was like that, <laughs> so it worked. I had like stupid long hair. I used to chemically straighten my hair. <laughs> like that emo, <laughs> pa- you know, it was like a hair helmet. That could be Mr. 97's next one. Chemically yeah. straighten it. <laughs> yeah. You should do it. You'll regret it though. I'm already great. Like 31, I regret from that. <laughs> Mate, you'll be bald soon with that <laughs> peroxide. Um, Josh and I, I think, and I and I hear you about the audition stuff, and it it sends, gives me chills because it's it's so much out of your control. At, you yeah. know, to some degree. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of nice because it's like, here's I'm going to rock up as myself. I'm going to be myself. And if you don't like that, there's nothing you can do. As long they as, just as don't as like you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really... You just yeah. got to nail the content that you're going in there to entertain them with. And then that's why we had to like prepare for the audition. We had to learn a two-page script mm-hmm. and then you had to go in there to make up a segment. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, do that for us. Do you audition well? Um, yeah, in, in those circumstances, yes. I've done a few here at 10 where it's just like, it's just the wrong show. 
so there've been a few game shows, and mm. I'm like, there's no way I want to. Host How do they this? audition for that? Are you like holding cards and sort of running out and going, hey everyone? Yeah, you kind of start where it's like in a room like this, but mm. usually at a hotel. And what's the vibe? Are there other people there? It's You're like a, it's eyeing like a, each other off. No, the, no, no, no. But you'll see passing who's going for it sometimes. Mm. You're like, I did um, an audition for Couch Time up in Brisbane yeah, at, nice. at Channel Ten there, and I flew up there and I was so pumped. I got through, you know, the first stage, and then there was like 20 people there. You met them all, and they they did like some, you know, pairing people together to do some chats on camera. And then they fucking cut half of the people, told them to go home. Really? That's brutal. It was brutal. Did they do it in front yeah. of everyone? or People just started leaving. Oh, really? And I was like, what's yeah. going on? And I got through to the second. And I and then I didn't get it, but I was like, imagine getting cut that first bit. Well, How they, they did that for, that so for, our, for the Prank Patrol one, the, the ABC3 one, they had, in the Brisbane one, 10 of us in a room, so you all do it together, like audition in front of each other, interact with each other, mm. do mock interviews with each other. Then... The second stage was down in Sydney. They flew, I think, like 20 of us in. And then at lunchtime, they told 10 to go home. And it wasn't that whole, you haven't got, okay, we've seen enough of you guys. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do more with you guys. And we're all like, <laughs> you guys just got cut. It was, like, oh, it was pretty obvious and it was brutal for them. And then I was in that last 10 and then they actually told myself and a few others, okay, we've seen enough of you and left <laughs> Kane and Ambly and then another guy and a girl. And I was like, oh, I didn't get the gig. I was like, but I'm in Sydney for the day. That's <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then and then from that, I actually did get offered Prank Patrol within a week. They're like, can you fly literally by next Friday down to Melbourne, mm. and we're going to start production on the Monday. How much are you thinking uh, serendipitously? Like, you know, oh, this has happened because of this. You know, like everything happens for a yeah, reason. Yeah, everything happens for a reason because that could be the approach, right? I'm not meant for this show, so I actually don't want the show, <laughs> you know? Because you're yeah, as much yeah. in the audition process, I guess you're also sizing up whether you want the thing. Or oh, not nearly no as a TV. <laughs> no, you, you <laughs> just want it. Whatever you take, you can't be fussy. But, you know, like this is now only in the last two years for Channel 10, I've done some auditions where it's just like, I think everyone knows it's probably not right, but they're like, yeah. we'll put you in there just to see how you go. Mm. Um, so do you, if you aren't right are you going to shine though in those auditions like do you find that the stuff you like is the stuff that you're good at you really need to turn your brain on to go like i'm loving this and, and i'm killing yeah. it at this but it was tricky um one of the audition ones I, I nailed it for the hotel room one and then in the studio with all the crew that i know from 10 they, they had like the set built and i was just like oh this is just not this is mm. a cringe so what do you do do you just you smile got the, the, yeah the show's got to go on yeah you got to just keep powering but true tv guy saying yeah. the show's gonna go <laughs> the on the show must go on guys it's a, we'll be all right what about the i mean we were talking recently about just feeling a bit tired before you go into the show and working with a co-host you work with Liv, and do you tell her if you're not feeling amazing or do you just front of the show must go on i i like to keep it if I, say if I'm I'm very professional guys but if I was hungover <laughs> right I keep that to myself yeah, yeah. Um, do you overcompensate potentially no I don't think so I think I'm sometimes better hungover because <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't give a shit yeah. or you're just like yeah, whatever you're a, you're a bit more relaxed but then sometimes I will let Liv know but then I won't let any of the other crew know because I think it's just you know you're there for a reason they're all working their butts off and you don't want to let the team down mm. um, so yeah I, I, I prefer to keep it to myself and just go nuts just do it, get it done. And we've all been at that point, you know, where you're absolutely stinging. I'm not talking about just being hungover, just even if you've got a vomiting bug. Yeah. Um, just get it 
done yeah. and then as soon as you get back to your dressing room or into your car or you know if you guys have a day and you get back to your apartments you just go oh my god mm. kill me now yeah so like i think there's a in our bodies we have like a percentage there we can take it to the limits and i think mm. there's a, beyond that if you literally are passing out on set mm. have you done it have you burnt out um i i reckon the closest i came to burning out was for the ari awards three years ago because i just had so many things to do within like 24 hours and so we were pre-shooting the day before then had like a 6 a.m call time then had like a big shoot because it was brand funded for like a car in the morning for like four hours then straight to like the red carpet and you've got to remember information for like i think it was like 65 to 100 artists walking the carpet and because we're part of the live broadcast you don't know who's going to be thrown at you and you've got to kind of know what they're there for what they're nominated for what they're doing and then of course musicians in australia they they like they're great people but if you stuff something up they're just going to take it out and you're like stupid presenter guy you know so the pressure of that and then we finished the carpet i was also filming whilst as soon as we finished the carpet an episode for the loop and then I had to go behind the scenes to do a live stream for Telstra, which was part of the broadcast as well for all the winners when they came off stage oh, wow. to interview them as well. And the presenters too. So you had like the guys from In Excess and you had like Tina Arena and these guys. And you're just like, my brain. So that went from like 6am till, I don't think I ate any food as well. Oh, you know no. when you get that busy, yeah, you yeah. just forget to eat. Yeah. It's like your last priority is food. You're like, we're on the go, get the job done. You guys do the same, set up your cameras, film it, get to Dickie's house, yeah, go yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> wherever you're going to go and it's like you just forget yeah. to eat yeah so at the end of that day i was just i don't know i went into like this vortex of like mm. i'm about to die yeah. so do you th- are you a th- thriver of pressure i do like it yeah, yeah. well that's tv right but it's- i do like being prepared for pressure so that day i made one of the smartest calls i actually had an intern with me he was just a young kid from melbourne that flew himself up and he just wanted to be a part of the day and i was like brilliant well can you hold my cue cards and whenever I'm about to get an artist, flick me who the artist is and I'll quickly read it. And so he was like my right-hand man the whole day. And I reckon without him, mm. I'd be screwed. What day. happened to him? I think he's doing like finance or something now. Yeah. I think- <laughs> Mate, you scared him? Fuck <laughs> like that entertainment shit. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> I mean, the, the guest thing, how do, you, uh, how do you do a great guest interview? What do you think of the, the things that you need to tick? Connect with them as humans as fast as you can. You know, mm-hmm. like take them off... If they've been put on a pedestal, the harvest mm-hmm. is like the big American artists when they come here and they've got that team of 12 people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, they, it's like you got to bring them back down to, to the ground where we're all as one as humans. I reckon so, that's... Did you have a shit this morning? Like, that's <laughs> what, you know, just like, what was the last time? Smell yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, each one's different. I don't have yeah. a formula yeah. for how we do interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I love to research and just watch their past month of media what they've done so you don't want to you don't want to do the same thing over and over again but you also want to talk about something if it's a big deal mm. um, but they're plugging way. their shit because I think one of the things that Tommy and I have always like I'm terrible at retaining like anything like details so what you were doing at the Arias I would hate yeah uh, are you good at saying okay I get their, the plug out straight away of their new album or whatever so they relax or do nah. you feel those types of pressures no not really uh-huh. I, I, but that's the other thing you don't in, in this day and age you don't get much guidance as well mm-hmm. on what's right and wrong mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll try and do air checks with our editors just to go do that suck mm-hmm. or like what do you think how can I be better um, for me it's about being a bit more concise with just questions just going 
banter, 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 bang, question. Mm-hmm. Or else you beat around the bush too long. So, mm. yeah, it's like, well, it's just learning different techniques. But there's no formula. I don't find like, I don't find if you plug them earlier, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, sure. yeah. Yeah. well, you've got such a short time with most of these people. I remember doing some red carpet stuff. And I, and oh, I, they're the pits, aren't they, red just, just trying to come up with some little zinger or some <laughs> kind of little fun game. I gave Kelly Slater a, uh, a Cadbury cream egg once, and he loved it. Um, okay, I, I played a bunch of different games. Um, you say this when I say this, shit like that. Is there anything that went pear-shaped for you? Um, we Ash London and I, when she was on the loop, um, we interviewed Jeremy Renner uh, with his director as well. He was doing the Jason Bourne film oh, yeah. when Matt Damon didn't do it. I think it was the Ultimatum. I can't remember which one it was. Anyways, he'd obviously had a bad day with media, so we were rocking there. We're all happy, and they filmed half the film in Milan. Oh no, Manila in the Philippines. And Ash used to live there, so she's like, oh. she's like, I'll connect with him on this. And I was like, brilliant. <laughs> Anyways, he gave us nothing like no matter what we were saying he it was literally like he wanted to just make this interview a failure mm. for us and he'd be like yes no and like just shut everything down and we're like look we got to the point where the director we're all connecting eyes with the director going is he for real yeah. like we're like what is he doing to us right now and then the director couldn't even help us so we kept doing more and and um ash was like oh so you know i grew up in manila how's the humidity <laughs> there i mean because she's got a big afro she goes I used to have straight hair until I lived there. <laughs> we all laugh, and he goes, he goes, it didn't bother me. And we're like, oh, and so I got to the point where they hear it all. Like, we were laughing with each other. We're like, stuff this guy. And did you salvage anything from it, or no? We went to air, but it was just crap. We were just like, what a loser. You're mm. here getting paid millions of dollars to plug your film, and mm. we're there to help you plug your film. Yeah, it's, it's um, bizarre it's, it's a, how it's people a tricky do this. One, but you know what? Ninety-nine percent of the celebrities are epic. Who's blown your mind? The bigger the better. Like even Tom Cruise on a red carpet where you only get like, you know, you get 30 seconds with someone on a yeah. red carpet. He just connected eyes and just didn't stop oh, like talking. You know, like- he was actually doing mind control at that point. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, a Scientologist now. He, I've, heard, I've heard Tom All Cruise. I've heard that um, people sitting around this one guy was talking about doing a read with him and he's just the most engaging man. Yeah. And he was? Yeah, no, he was. And him and like Matt Damon as well like what well, same sort of thing it's like all mm. these people were screaming on a red carpet and he just wouldn't stop chatting to me and i was like this is incredible whereas mm. you get like a i don't want to slag her off but we will megan fox right yeah. beautiful lady um, Mate, she's, done, she's your um oh, it's your got, thumb she's partner. got toe thumbs like me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's called a toe thumb oh it's got an gosh, instagram like account sterling from the uh, nrl footage show <laughs> Yeah, it is. But I can imagine uh, it's a bald guy. Yeah. Both they're the same. That's incredible. Yeah. What have you done to have no, that? Squashed it. It's genetics. No, it's that actually genetics. Yeah. Dad's got it right. So, so yeah, Megan yeah. Fox has that Megan as well. Fox. So they also known as clubbed thumbs. So does she walk? Does she do her interviews like this? Nah, but like there's a bit of a community. If you go on to <laughs> Instagram, a lot of people with toe thumbs have Instagram accounts. And if you look at the hashtag, Megan Fox comes up. <laughs> I love the internet so much. Do you have, I mean, so do you think Tom Cruise has consciously thought, I'm going to lock eyes, I'm going to just be the most engaging person? Or do you think it's natural to him? I think the film he was promoting that he was a producer on was so shit that he goes, <laughs> I'm going to smash this red carpet and make every person here love me to at least give the movie a little bit more love. Yeah, I appreciate scenario. that. Yeah, that's, that's smart. Is yeah. there anything you do? 
that um, you you consciously yeah. do. It may have become a habit now. Is this like, like an NLP? Yeah. Or how do we, how like do we remember friends names? and influence people? I think Jules, Jules Lund uh, remembers Jules names. Jules, he's the yeah. king. Remember, yeah. Remembers but names. But Jules, I feel like he's doing that hypnosis like throughout his... In- like, I'm like... Jules, you're, you're too smooth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know on? it's probably been conscious mm. uh, decision at some point now. It's yeah. natural. Andy Lee's another uh, great one. He's always remembers everyone's names. Yeah, and so I, I do a trick for names. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a visual learner, so I have to write it down on my iPhone uh, just in the notes section. So mm. as soon as I meet someone, if I don't write it down, mm-hmm. so I visually remember your text and you say it's myself, Josh and Mason in mm-hmm. that order. And like how it was written so that's how I remember scripts as well so yeah, I'm yeah. like things on a piece of paper hierarchy that's yeah. the hierarchy <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was Mason <laughs> I still end up near the bottom <laughs> anyone else notice that no, it's funny. and I said don't mention the thumb <laughs> but he don't did talk about the th- well it was just Megan Fox but she, so she was a lemon on the red carpet yeah yeah and that's lemons sad. aren't necessarily good they're a bit sour very sour, sour. Very sad. And, and no, looking over me, I was like, come on. Like, I think I go onto every red carpet. What do you mean looking over? What was she like? like she so, was, so you're, we're doing the chat yeah. here. And she's like, I asked her, she's like, yeah, so um, like it was a great film. And, you know, we had a good time. Like, uh, doing it. I'm like Looking for I'm a like, mate. Hey, look at yeah. that. I'm just here. But I also go onto like every red carpet with a female star going, this could be the moment that we start dating. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what she was Literally feeling. like, if I interview Taylor Swift, I could be the guy. Yeah. You never know. The the pitching thing, Tommy and I are terrible at doing pitches. Anytime anyone says, oh yeah, just pitch us and we can see what happens. We, we tell, uh, the story we tell is we don't do pitches, which is just a way of saying we can't do pitches or we're <laughs> shit at doing pitches. What are the tips or what have you worked out that is required for a good pitch? Uh, less is more always less is more that's convenient that's good so like yeah, yeah, a one page, one page if you if you send any executive here more than one page for a show idea they're not even going to read it mm-hmm. they literally are not going to read it um, and then fake it till you make it make it look with graphics yeah. um, like you guys have done a great job yeah. with your branding and you yeah. would have realised I suppose people take you more professionally mm-hmm. when you have that like everything lined up mm-hmm. which is annoying because it takes yeah. a long time so are there certain headlo- headings where you'll say purpose outline like do you have if you're creating a pitch a document that you just go to yeah yeah i've got like a template now and i've got that through contacts at the bigger production Mm -hmm. companies what are some of those key areas what are the top headlines Um, it's literally just like it's got to be one sentence that sums up the show Mm -hmm. to begin with like one sentence is like this is what it is like a log line and then have like almost giving them ideas on like because they also want to know creating a show how's this going to end up in the paper every day how's it going to end up radio mm-hmm. shows talking about it mm. so then you almost want to uh, the next line is like giving them almost like a hint of what headlines could be for the show so it's like you know backing up your one-line statement as mm-hmm. if why this has never been done before why it's mm. going to change the game why people are loving it and you just want a few more sentences like that and then you can actually break it down into all right this is how it's going to work eight episodes and it's going to cost this much. They also want to know how much. How do costs. you work out what you think it's worth? You've got to like, literally do a full budget. Mm-hmm. So unless you, if you go to them and go, oh yeah, it's going to cost three hundred thousand dollars, they're going to be like, how do you get that that uh-huh. number? And you're like, so you need to. My feet. <laughs> well, <laughs> TJ, remember we were doing the thing for the surfy leagues. Oh yeah, we we're so out of our depth. But uh, yeah, it's starting somewhere. I kind of did that pitching thing with a. Uh, 
what was it? Um, well, ABC said, we'll give you a quarter of a million, but you need another uh, backer to do the same thing, like a Screen yeah. Australia or whatever. just seemed a bit Which, too much politics with me. But what... Um, well, for, for Screen me. Australian grants are epic, yeah. but it takes about a year to, like, mm. from... from Applying to then getting it, it's a lot of hard work. Mm. Yeah, that's too long. Um, what's the dream <laughs> for you, Scott? What are you, what are you looking further to? Um, I think it's still continuing. Like, I, I want to sort of be involved with one of the bigger networks here, but helping them create like, uh, and, and helping them move to where everyone's enjoying content at the moment, which is online, um, and making still. I, I love that the networks here can put still big budgets into programming and into um, content which is great because you guys know when you have a small budget, you can only go so far. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, we want to go and do something, you know, down here and, and take a crew with us, but it costs so much to mm. do that. And there's only so long you can pull favors as well. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, all right, we've got to take this seriously. So working within a network here, but doing it with my ideas and doing it with a team that I want to work with. Mm. And so I don't mind if it's really low budget, if we're making cool stuff that people are watching mm. and people are like connecting with. Think that's great and also for me it's a more at the moment which i'm working hard is in the content we're making having a purpose why you're doing it like not just you know some of it's just to make people laugh mm -hmm. and make people feel good after a hard day at work but other stuff as well is like what's the reason where are we at uh, we all know that in this day and age there's a lot of problems in the world yeah so many so it's like how do we find solutions through content well you've got two things there you've got to do a good job at what you're doing now and there's also thinking about and planning and so yeah. there's two lots of work that you actually are simultaneously it's, doing. It's, there's not enough hours in the day for me. Yeah. And then also I value relationships with people. So having good friends, having friends in the industry, and then also I've just started dating a new girl. And like I'm investing Rick still. What's that? Did you meet her on the... Is it Taylor? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Katy Perry. <laughs> I'm not dating. <laughs> no, she's actually an architect. So yeah. not in our industry at all. But it's good her, outside her, the bubble. Yeah. But... I think I'm I attracted to Katy Perry was an architect. <laughs> you know, a funny fact, architect. Um, uh, on the, the the whole network thing, with digital, is it siloed within in 10 or does it is it all sort of connected? Um, it is. It is. That's They're trying to now make it all gel because it's been mm. like this department, this department, this department, and there was a, a big disconnect there. But now they're realising the value of, you know, especially with formats like The Bachelor, how important online or the like the engagement actually does result in viewers. Mm. So, And they're also starting to go, well, also for that show, is there merit for people that are paying for spots and advertising? There's value in those views. If we get 1.2 million people watching three minutes of the show on Facebook, mm -hmm. what does that mean when we're selling it in? Mm. You know, because they usually just charge for TV time. And what does it mean at the moment, do you think? Um, at the moment, they're, they're packaging it into the deal, but I think soon enough it will be standalone like other deals there. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, look at the influencers, how much money they're earning just off their influencer content. Well, why is a bachelor showing extra clips not the same if mm. they're putting that out on Instagram and getting, you know, 100,000 views on it? It's the same sort of I thing. I think the change is healthy in some ways. It's you, There's few jobs that like what you have and yeah. then there's more jobs being created where people have to get off their ass and start creating themselves. So totally. It's, and and um, yeah, once again, I'm, I'm in that world where I get paid through a network to do my job, but I'm working equally as hard behind the scenes because mm. I'm like, my job might not be here forever, but that's mm. always with any network yeah. show. Um, but I, I just love doing it as well. I don't mind staying up till 2 a.m., 
editing up a clip and, and trying to find something funny in it or come out with an idea and pitching it in. So, yeah, I did, I did a show with Kane Tramills called The Crack of Dawn Show when Periscope just, just launched. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I do remember yeah. that. And we, we gave it a good crack for uh, probably like six weeks. And it was every morning, Monday to Friday, we'd go Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne. Did you Melbourne. have Ryan Shelton on? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. I remember that was at the roofs. I remember yeah, the and it was like We pride ourselves on it being like a five to ten minute live show on Periscope, hope, hoping that Periscope would take off. But then we were like, no one's on Twitter. You know? yeah. I think we chose the wrong format, but it was just to be disciplined that every morning we needed a guest. We were trying to go for guests that had 20,000 plus followers. Uh-huh. Um, what would have happened if you kept if you were still doing that today? Do you think? Do you I, really, do you think that you'd have a few hundred? Like it seems like if you were to show up doing that thing, because I remember enjoying that. You were on a scooter driving through Bronte one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I did, well, I we, we were trying to mix life. it up. We're like, well, what can we do live? We're like we yeah. kept we kept mixing it up, but it was awesome to. It was more the content wasn't that great, but it was the discipline of showing up mm-hmm. and showing up for that amount of time. And then we're like, all right, let's put it on the rocks for a while just to see, you know, where the, where the platform's going to go. And then I, cause at that point I was only three days a week at channel 10. Mm-hmm. Then I became five days a week, but I definitely want to do something like that again soon, just for the fact that I think to build an audience takes forever. And it's not about building an audience, but it's just creatively making things every day. And you guys know that. Come out with mm. a new idea every day, mm. and then you find a little theme, um, a little a little thing that resonates with that audience. And then you just keep playing with that, mm. and you keep going with it and going with it. Well, mate, you've pumped out nearly 400 episodes on Saturday. Your 400th of the loop. Yeah, that's a fair, fair whack. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, a lot Eight of TV. Years. Eight years. I've grown up on telly. I started. I wasn't shaving when I, when yeah. I started Dude, on ABC. Just Google Scott Tweedy to see the straightened hair. Oh god. <laughs> or it's... just look at the Instagram account because we'll get Mister Ninety Seven done. What style? ASAP. <laughs> what style do you regret? So I made the decision of trying this mo on, which I've regretted. Why? Uh, it just from all the shit. But that, you still got uh, it. So yeah, you're not regretting it. I know. Well, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, has there been any any certain looks over the years that you have regretted? Yeah, every every look. <laughs> I think I, at the end of every year, I reflect. I'm like, "What were you doing, you idiot?" Yeah. Um, no, for me, I don't know. It's the chemically straightened hair. I, I think it's hilarious. Like, I don't regret it. I just go, "What a loser!" And the further you go back, it was like in high school. I was just rocking like an afro. Yeah, um, undercuts and natural afro. Afro. I did an after- undercut. I did a '97 for a while. I literally had for one summer holiday I bleached my hair yeah, and I'm once. so pale that you couldn't even tell the difference <laughs> it's just I look sick everyone's like are you right and I'm like no not really um, mate thank you for having us in this green room it's um, well, it's now dubbed the daily talk show green room so come uh, whenever you want you put a sign oh, up on great. the door I really appreciate yeah, it's that it's a handwritten sign if you come in you're going to destroy the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we'll name it the daily talk show green room yeah. <laughs> on oh, this night I'm losing my voice so it's a good time uh, to get out oh, of here thanks mate well when you're in Melbourne next would love to have you in the studio as well yeah, where is the studio uh, Abbotsford yeah oh, I mean I was going to mention is it someone's garage get- uh, no it's our like we've got an office it's, yeah. so we're making moves yeah we've got a soda stream yeah, yeah. So can, I, can are- I ask you a question You've yeah. probably said this on your podcast. Mm-hmm. So like, so how many hours How many hours a day do you do the podcasting and then pre-producing and all mm. that sort of stuff? It depends on, say if it's a half hour episode and then there's another hour and a half, three hours. Yeah, I reckon it's a, are a good... Shooting, are you shooting in chunks or are you doing every day? No, we, we do it every, every day. day. So this Sydney trip is slightly different because yeah. we're batching. Uh, but normally it is 
uh, we rock up uh, in the office and we're like, what time are we going to do it today? Mm. If there's not a guest, we might, if we're feeling shit, we'll be like, let's do it a little bit later in the day or let's get it done early. Um, but we got to get one done. Yeah. So we haven't and really so, taken a break. Well, we haven't. We've never missed a day in 460 no, no, episodes. We're talking about metering 400. You guys yeah. are Well, I mean, it's just, I guess the thing is we have built a format that plays directly into what we love uh, there's literally we're not considering at all really the numbers and stuff like we don't uh, we th- we speak with other podcasters and they talk about like are oh, you sending people stuff so they're doing swipe ups and shit like we are the mm. uh, the most under leveraged <laughs> podcast which is what we because we're doing it for 10 years we are okay with that would much prefer to be shit and work at it and get better and then just naturally evolve yep um, but we will send you a few swipe up yeah links can and, we um, can you do a swipe up <laughs> yeah yeah i love swipe ups <laughs> like we can do multiple swipe ups oh, okay. but have one rick astley there with like, oh, rick yeah gotcha <laughs> actually we could do that because we don't have the swipe up function yeah well that's you got to put the link in yeah what do you mean you don't have the swipe up function? oh no you need over the 10 10 k followers yeah, oh really yeah Mate, says the guy with 80 yeah, oh, yeah that's privilege I just thought everyone lived this way. Scott, <laughs> mate. Not, does everyone not have a swipe no, up? No, no, no. no. And no. not everyone drives a fucking Tesla or whatever. <laughs> you didn't have a... I'm a, I'm a, uh, I forgot what car I drove. Mitsubishi, man. <laughs> uh, really? I'm the people's car. A, yeah, yeah. I'm out there waving everyone. Oh, yeah. Mitsubishi, good on you. So we've locked him in for a swipe up. Yeah, uh, great. Uh, Scott thank Twenty, you. thank you for coming you on the gentlemen. show, mate. Thank you for coming to the green room. Uh, it's a daily talk show. If you've enjoyed the show, you can leave us a podcast review. Uh, Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow, guys. See you guys.